We're continuing where we left off, looking at chapter 1 in the Confession. It's not on there. I'll I'll read from the beginning of paragraph 1 just to kind of, because it's a continuation. This is all part of paragraph 1. The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Although, Although the light of nature and the works of creation are providence, do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men inexcusable yet are not sufficient, uh, yet are they not sufficient that they, they give knowledge of God and his will which is necessary unto salvation. Now here's where we pick up. Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in diversified manners to reveal himself and to declare that his will unto the church. And afterward, for the better preserving and propagating of the truth, and for more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh and the malice of Satan and of the world, to commit the same holy underwriting, which makes the holy scriptures to be most necessary, those former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people being now completed. So we kind of saw a couple weeks ago that creation is enough to proclaim the glory of God, that it shows that God exists, but creation itself cannot save us. It does not have enough information in it. And we talked about general revelation, that all mankind knows that God exists, but sadly Romans 1 tells us what what does man do with that truth? Suppresses that truth in an unrighteousness. And so we know there's this um, view, and and I believe it's a, a good biblical view, presuppositional apologetics, that we don't have to convince people that God exists. They know. They just suppress the truth. And so we're, we're actually appealing to their conscience that's suppressing that truth. But, but what we have to understand is that creation alone was not enough to save us. It just declares and shows that God is God and we are not. And that the beauty is that God has given us his special revelation. That his special revelation we, we know is the word of God. We see this phrase, it pleased the Lord. Have you ever thought of that? That it was the Lord's pleasure to reveal salvation. We're going to see this next week, that, that the mercy of God is, is the foundation to, he's glorifying himself by showing his mercy to us as undeserving sinners. And it's the heart of God to, to show his character And he has provided the information we need in the word of God. That at at the sundry times, uh, I don't know about you, but that's not a phrase I use too often. It means different times and in different ways. This is referring to that that the scriptures are written over over, over a period probably 1,500 years through different times and through different people. From Moses to John, he's using different people and in different times to write his words. And in that, what is he doing? He's revealing himself. 
Even times we see recorded throughout Scripture, God uses his physical voice to speak. He gives us the word of God. He gives us the prophets to speak. But Hebrews 1 says, God who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these days, last days, excuse me, spoken to us by his what? His son. The, the word incarnate, God made flesh that we might see, but not just information, but to see the glorious plan of God to save. And so he's revealing himself in various times and in various ways. What? What is he doing? To declare his will to the church. And consider that the word of God is given to us, that his will is that we can know it. Therefore, when we pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're not just left wondering, okay, what is that? That the word of God is given to us that we can see and to understand his will. Jude 3, that it was the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. What a a beautiful truth that is, that it's been given by God that we might know, that we might know his will, that he has declared it to us. It's not something that we are left to determine. It's not self-determination, determining, but it is his will for his church. But then he's given his word, first of all, to, to declare his will to the church. And then afterward, what is it for? for the better preserving and propagating of the truth. He's given his word as a, as a canon. We'll look at this in, in next week. That this canon, it literally means rule, not canon with, with two ends like the ball that comes flying out of the thing. Canon, a rule, a measuring rod. That his, his scripture is a rule, and it is set down that we might keep it but its intent is that we might understand the truth to preserve it, to protect it, to propagate it, that it might be furthered on. What a beautiful picture it is, is God gives it, but it's not, uh, even as Moses recorded Genesis and the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, that was not just for the nation Israel. That actually it was for his church in the future to see the fulfillment of God's plan of glorifying himself by calling a people, not a physical people, but a spiritual people. And then to preserve and propagate that truth in the word of God. Why? It says thirdly, to preserve and propagate the truth for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church. Again, the word of God is there and it is presented to us that we might understand his will, that we might have the truth preserved and then to continue it. But then because of that truth that we would be kept holy, that we would understand what is holiness as an establishment to to bring us and to firmly place us in, but also to bring comfort to us in the midst of what? It says against 
the corruption of the flesh, the malice of Satan and of the world, the world, the flesh, and the devil, the enemies of God, that which is not him. What a, what a beautiful way it is to see that God has given us these things that, that we know how to walk in holiness, how to walk in ways that are pleasing to him, how we are to be, as we'll see in 1 Peter 1, 16 and 17, a, a, a royal priesthood in a holy nation. Just as, as Israel was kind of that picture of what the church would be like in full reality, we too. And so we don't have to wonder, how do we walk in holiness? God's word has given it to us. What is truth? We have it, and it has been given to us in the word of God. And then the paragraph kind of ends with this, which makes the holy scriptures to be most necessary. Do you see the word of God as necessary? Do you see it as essential that we might understand it? That he has revealed his will unto his people being now completed. It was once for all delivered to the saints. It has been given and we'll see that that canon is closed, that we're no longer adding things to it, but that by God's grace, he has given it to us, that we can say with certainty that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, uh, and, and it is able to produce all the things that the man of God needs to be equipped for every good work. That we don't have to go outside the word of God, that he's given us everything that we need for life, and for godliness. Again, the contrast here from the beginning of paragraph 1 to the end of paragraph 1 is that the general revelation is the declaring of God and who he is, but it can't save. The special revelation that we're given in Scripture, that is what we need to understand, to understand what God is doing, how he calls us to how we are his church, how we are to be his church, how we are to see his truth, to propagate that truth, and then to reflect that truth as we are kept holy by that truth. At the center of it all is his word. But sadly, we live in a day and age that it's the word of God is just kind of set aside. Given lip service, seen as something, well, we, we mention it. Or, or even we, we say we believe the Bible, but we don't actually speak it. We don't use it. We, we look to the wisdom of man, not to the wisdom of God. And so we must always be coming back to the word of God. But I think what I've been just kind of meditating on personally, how good God is to give us his word. What a blessing it is that our creator has given us what we need. That we're not wondering, but we can praise him and thank him. But also, I think, um, a renewed sense of the opportunity we have to make sure that his word is spread to the nations. Think of all the different translations we have in English. (coughs) And yet, talking to Spanish pastors, they themselves would say they don't have a good translation of the Bible. 
And you think that, that the Spanish, people have had it in Spanish a long time, but the translation is just not a good translation. And we're not talking about the, the people groups that don't even have the word of or don't even have a written language, let alone the word of God. And so, one, to have gratitude that we have the word of God, to take it seriously, but also to see the importance of continuing to have it go out because it is essential. Not to just be passing our own thoughts along, but the good, sufficient word of God by which we may have, uh, we may have faith. For faith comes by hearing and hearing what? By the word of God.